What a weekend it has been. We got a lot to talk to you about. Uh, let me tell you about first rough greens, rough greens. As a dog owner, I am watching Uno get older and older and more and more in pain. He is really starting to walk with a limp now. Um, it's just happened over the last few weeks and it's just sad to see him slow down, but the slowdown on him has been rapid. It is l- a lot later than, uh, all the other, uh, German shepherds that we have had a lot later. And uh, it's just coming on fast. And I, I think, honestly, that's because Rough Greens has played a role in keeping him healthy and happy for so long. I can't thank them enough. Uh, Rough Greens, if you love your dog and you want your dog to have the healthiest and happiest and longest of lives, please just try Rough Greens, will you? I gave it to Uno just because I needed him to eat, and he wasn't in love with eating at the time. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. Get your first bag free. Just pay for shipping. Roughgreens.com or 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLENN-33. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we had the Candidate Summit last Friday, and all of the candidates were there except for Donald Trump. I think we narrowed things down quite a bit. I heard from a ton of people that this was the best uh, look at the candidates they had ever seen. I think this is the new way to vet your candidates. It was really, really good. Uh, And you had one day just listening to these guys, and they all revealed themselves one way or another, either, you know, for good or for ill. But it was fascinating to watch. You'd still watch the uh, replay on uh, Blaze TV and my one-on-one interview with Tucker Carlson. If you miss that, we'll give it to you. It's uh, available now at Blaze TV. Use the promo code will not be censored for $30 off. But I want to go through some of that. And my heart is uh, happy and heavy at the same time. A personal note coming up. Give me 60 seconds and we begin. So our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Gary is 71. He's a grandfather. Not only that, he actually actually just recently adopted his granddaughter and takes care of her full time. I can think of a president who might do that as well maybe learn from gary's example but maybe that's just me of course i don't know if i want joe biden adopting a seven-year-old girl that might never forget this anyway gary was having a hard time keeping up with her for 
quite a while because he was in severe pain with his joints. Then he heard me talk about Relief Factor, and it worked for him. These days, I'm happy to report, Gary not only keeps up with his seven-year-old granddaughter, but he is actually able to take care of her full-time better than ever. Gary and his granddaughter, they got their lives back. Three-week quick start, now only $19.95. It's a trial pack, not a drug, but de- uh, but developed by doctors to keep you out of pain and for you to be able to keep your junk together, you know what I'm saying? So you're not scatterbrained all day. It's all natural. 70% of the people who order it go on to order more. Get your free bag of Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. 800, the number four, Relief. Feel the difference. So, Stu, I have to start with this because this is uh, something that is really heavy on my heart. Uh, and going to happen in the next hour. And um, uh, it's going to affect everything I do today because I'm a little scatterbrained because of this. My mouth is dry because of this. Do you remember the day, Stu? Do you remember the week of shows that uh, happened in North, North Richland Hills in uh, Texas, just outside of Dallas? And... They were my wife and I going down to this little town called North Richland Hills. And this very, very brave young girl, I think she was 15, uh, who had found herself pregnant. And uh, she wanted to have the baby, but she, she couldn't abort the baby. And she didn't know how to give the child up. And that day, when her mother found out she was pregnant, she happened to be listening to this program, and Tanya and I had been looking to adopt a child, and what's amazing is um, Tanya came on that day, and we were talking about some reality show where you could adopt a child, and I said, would you ever be on that show? She says, no, you don't adopt them through television game shows and uh this woman who was in texas she just laughed and thought i like that lady and then her daughter called her and said mom i couldn't face you i had to stop at a payphone and call you and tell you that i'm pregnant she said come home now i had had a dream about a year before maybe two years before when tanya and i were trying to get pregnant and uh i never figured out how that worked but anyway I thought I knew, but she said, no, that's not the way we do it. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, about two years before, I said, I think we're supposed to adopt. Because in my prayer, I heard, adopt. Because we were both, I said to her over and over again, I can't wait to see your eyes in a child. And uh, in my prayers, I thought, I thought I heard something along the lines of you egomaniac. It's not about you adopt. And so when I told Tanya, she said, no, I want to have a child. And, uh, so I went back to prayer and I said, okay, it's her. It's not me. I'm, I'm on your side. God, she's crazy. And I heard in my prayers, when you are ready, when she is ready, a baby boy will rush to you. 
the week we talked about it on the air is the week that that baby boy rushed to us. And I, has, I have been convinced that he was going to be a leader of men. And he was always against that. Because he grew up in my family. And he sees what happens to leaders in this country. And he sees how people treat leaders that they disagree with. And uh, ever since he was a little boy, I stopped saying it to him because he would say, no, 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 no. And he'd get very upset. I'm not going to be a leader. I'm not going to be a leader. No, I'm not a leader of men. I don't want that. He wanted to be Aaron, not Moses. And uh, I said, well, we'll just see what God has in store. Fast forward three years ago. My son is picked up by a friend of his in the summer. And uh, when I say picked up, I mean literally picked up. His, his friend is a, a lineman and picked him up and said, I'm signing you up for football. And Rafe said, okay, now we have, you know me. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm Mr. Sportscaster, and it would be hard for you to believe that I don't know anything at all about any sport. Uh, I mean, you know, I know probably my dad played golf, so I know, you know, like if you get an eagle, that means an eagle picked up your ball on the fairway, fairway and dropped it into the little bucket thing there. You know, double eagle means it took two of them. Maybe they were tossing them back and forth with their claws. I don't know. But... uh my son tried out in Texas for football and uh, the coach pulled him off the field at the tryouts and said, uh, Beck, come in. And he looked at him seriously and he said, have you ever even watched this game before? And Rafe honestly said, no, sir, I, I really, uh, no, I haven't. And he said, Okay, and you want to play it? And he's like, well, yes, sir, I would, I'd like to try. So they kept him on the team kind of like, I don't know, kind of the mascot for a while. But he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and he became the head of special teams. And when I say special teams, let's not question that too much, okay? Um, but uh, he was, a, he was uh, the head of special teams, and they went all the way to the championship. They lost. And I told him uh, before they played the game, son, if you do lose, please don't ever become Uncle Rico where you're sitting in your van in a field and you say, you know, if they would have just given it to me, I could have thrown it over those mountains there. And he took the loss. And that was his senior year. And then he said to me, I want to go to college for football. And I said, oh, you know, maybe Texas A&M. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right. And I want to play in the NFL. Okay, all right. Now, all I'm hearing in my head is my father, as I said to him, I want to be a big broadcaster someday. I'm 13 years old. And he's like, oh, 
okay, all right. And I want to be, I want to be on the radio. I'm going to, I'm going to apply for a job to be on the radio. Oh, okay. All right. And what did my dad say? Well, do you need a ride? Yeah, dad, cause I can't drive. And he drove me to the appointments and he took me. And I, looking back now, know he had to have thought, oh my gosh, what is this kid doing? This is not going to, this is going to leave a mark. This isn't going to work out. But he took me. And he would eventually, before I was 15, I lived about 90 miles uh, north of Seattle. And I got a job at 15 years old uh, in Seattle at KUBE. And it was the number one station in Seattle. And my dad would drive me every time, 90 minutes, wait for the broadcast to be over, and then drive me back. So what am I going to say? You'll never make it, son. You'll never make it. So let me just tell you, long story short, what's happening. Uh, after the the really amazing summit that we had on Friday, which we're going to get into in here a second. I took my son to a university uh, where he had been talking to a coach, friend of a friend of a friend, just talking to this coach. And uh, he'd been talking to him on the phone for like a couple of weeks, he and the other coaches. And uh, he said, Dad, they want to meet me. And uh, they're thinking about uh, making me a, a, a coach for, um, as the offensive coordinator. I'd be his you know, number two guy. And I, and I said, oh, uh, huh, that's, uh, did you tell them that you hadn't really known anything about football two years ago and he said oh are you kidding me are you think i'm stupid of course i did and i said like really told them that when you did watch the super bowl we were really watching it for the commercials and he laughed and he said that's exactly what i told them dad and i said okay so i took my son to the summit and then we flew to this university on saturday and i watched my son become a man and I watched him in the film room as they were putting X and O's and drawing. I'm thinking, you guys really need an art school here because those X's and O's, they could be, you could really draw the players so much better than that. But he's drawing the X, they're drawing the X's and O's. And my son is like, ooh, that's sneaky. Because you want, what you're trying to get defense to think is this, this, and this. And he's talking about and keeping up with him, and I just couldn't believe him. I couldn't just couldn't believe it, and I, I thought of my dad. How great it is to have been raised by a man who said you can do whatever you set your mind to. Of course, those were in the days before Simon Cowell, but. You can do whatever you set your mind to. So, my son. The 
is leaving the ranch and uh, flying back home today and packing his stuff up. And we'll be hitting the road to be coached back. You have been there. Many have been here when you heard that Tanya and I were trying to have a baby, and I probably shared too much about how that can just become icky after a while. How we prayed and prayed and prayed, and then how Rafe came to us. You've heard the probably more of the struggles than the Good things, especially in the last couple of years. I thought it was only right today to tell you if you're still in those struggle parts or if you're still struggling to have a baby. There is nothing you will do in your life that is worth more than raising a child. There is nothing harder. There is nothing more heartbreaking. And there is nothing more glorious. I thought you should know that that little baby we adopted Today has become a man. Back in a minute. All right. Let me tell you about rough greens. Jeez, now I got to talk to you about my dog who just started to limp a lot. And I'm like, oh no, we're not. No, you are not going to get old and die. We're feeding uh, Uno rough greens. It's a supplement. It's not a dog food. It was uh, developed by uh, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And you sprinkle it on your dog's food. And, uh, and Uno, uh, the thing I liked at first was he would just eat. Uno would never eat before. Just never did it. We'd go to the doctor and they'd say, you got to feed him. And we're like, we are feeding him. He won't eat it. So we started putting rough greens on top and he started eating it. He loves it. He won't eat his food now without it. And I think it's got, given him a much longer and healthier life. It's roughgreens.com slash back. Get your free trial bag just by calling 833-GLENN-33. 833-GLENN-33. 833-GLEN-33. You pay for shipping and that's it on your first trial bag. Get it now. Roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds. Station ID. All righty. Hello, Stu. Welcome Fine. to the program. How are you, man? Good. I've done this now three times, sending a kid off into the world. It doesn't get easier. 
I can't but imagine it. it. I'm never, still years away, and I do not want to think yeah. about it. Yeah, it never stops being great. Never <laughs> stops being great. No, or seriously, it doesn't. <clears throat> you know what it's been. You know what our life has been like for the last year mm-hmm. with our kids. All of the. <clears throat> It's worth every second, worth every second. And you know, when, when somebody will look at you, just kind of give you the side eye, but a good side eye, not like the, you know, Glenn Beck's in New York side eye. Um, when they give you the side eye, like this kid is good. It's just so there's just nothing makes you feel better. Just nothing that makes you feel better. Yeah. And the sto- to watch him grow up. The story arc of his uh, interest in football to uh, to getting some role coaching is, I mean, it's really a meteoric rise. <laughs> Knowing you, so he said we went. I, I remember I going when he was young over to your house for like a Super Bowl party back in the day, and like it was like uh, I think it was. Gosh, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember watching it over over your place, and and it was like you didn't really come in the room during the game. Like it, you were out. No. There's snacks. No. You were around that area yeah. of, of the house. Yes, yeah, snacks. You, you big, gave him no big. guidance in this field whatsoever. None. <laughs> this is none. The- Still don't. Still don't. <laughs> you know, he's really mad at me because I worked with, uh, I worked with, uh, uh, what's his name in, in Washington, Stu? I believe Joe uh, Theismann see, is who you're thinking of. Yeah. Joe Theismann. I worked with Warren Moon mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Andy Reid. Uh, and uh, somebody else, and I have all these footballs someplace, and he's like, "What? What? You what? You work? What did you wait? What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I don't know anything really about him. I mean, I know him, but I knew nothing about football." And he's like, "Oh my gosh!" And remember, we went to Super Bowl. Was it thirty? What What was the one in San Francisco? And last time I was in San Francisco, thank God. And we didn't even stay. We didn't even stay. And I, he, he met uh, Al, and not Al Michaels. Was it Al Michaels? Uh, he met uh, uh, Dungy. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. A couple of the other big, big, you know, Hall of Fame. And he was like, he has pictures. And he's like, look at me. I'm looking away. I'm not even, I don't, it, what was wrong with me? And then... Saturday, he said, hey, could I possibly be a big coach in 15 years if I work really hard? The coach said, yeah, why? He said, look at my dad. He's probably got 15 more years in him. I want to make it before he's moving off to the, as he says, maternity ward. back program. Ah, uh, already. Uh, let's see. I w- want to talk to you about Mantis, uh, Mantis X. Mantis X uh, has kept me uh, being a pretty good shot. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I f- was shooting last week uh, here at the ranch, and I haven't actually. I've been doing dry fire uh, and using Mantis X. And I got up, loaded my gun, and out of, I think, 18 rounds, I missed two. Uh, that was remarkable for me. Uh, especially since I haven't actually fired a gun in two years. That is something it perish. It's perishable. It just goes away. Mantis X is a easy to use system. It's widely used by the military. Now it started out, I think with the Marines uh, and you connect the app to your smartphone or your uh, tablet uh, via Bluetooth. And it shows you, it tracks the gun. 
So it shows you when you are aiming, what's happening, how's your hand shaking, are you drifting here and there, when you pull, are you drifting? And it corrects it after every shot. It's amazing. You'll get really good. Go to mantisx.com, mantisx.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code uh, SUMMIT to get 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're super glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a Blaze TV subscriber, if you are. I don't know if you saw the summit. Uh, 10 million people watched the uh, summit. Uh, and I really think that we are... <laughs> I think mainstream media should be a little concerned. Um, and it was all thanks to you. Thank you so much. Um, this is why I started the Blaze, to have a place where people could go and it would be an alternative to the mainstream media. As I told Tucker, he's like, yeah, you were the first to do this, weren't you? And I said, dude, we were, I had to tell the listeners, okay, there's a lot of buffering going on. And he said, buffering, I don't, what's buffering? And I said, yeah, that's how long ago it was. Um, but uh, now, I mean, it was, it, it was a game changer. Did you watch it at all, Pat? I know yeah. you were on the mm -hmm. air and... Yeah, saw some of it. Holy mm -hmm. cow. Yeah, really that good. That was... Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever seen... Did you see the Asa Hutchinson? Oh, my gosh. We played some of that this morning. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Oh. Did he go up in flames or what? I think yeah. the Hindenburg was a really, really good analogy for that. That's, <laughs> that's what it was like. It was, I, I was bad. I was watching it, and I thought, this is the Hindenburg. Yeah, it's here, bad. Here it is. Cut one. I mean, this is a permanent change we are making to a child. Why would we allow that if we don't allow surgery? Well, you, permanent change is one issue, but also hormonal treatment is a different issue and can be a different issue. And whenever you look at the bill that I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. Again, uh, I respect legislators that have a different view, but I think independently, I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court, if you read the decision of the federal judge that struck it down as unconstitutional, really sided with parents as well. But how is, it, treat but how is it treatment? I guess that's my question. If you have a child who says, who's born a boy, I want to become a girl, he hasn't gone through puberty yet, he's say 10. Is it treatment? to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It, it seems not like treatment. It seems like something else. Well, you have to... Tucker, mm. I hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues. I know that... Well, this is one of the biggest issues in the country, and I think I would every person in this room would agree that it is a, a central issue because it, these are children who are being altered permanently, and you can defend that alteration, that change, if you like, but there's really no debate about whether or not it's permanent. Mm. Let's go to uh, Pat's uh, thoughts. Uh, cut to uh, protecting the border. Listen to this. But why wouldn't you just create a human wall of American military personnel and just kind of fix the problem immediately? We could afford to do that. We don't want to do that for some reason. What am I missing? Well, a couple points there. 
uh, first of all, uh, the military is always an option that might be needed at some point. But I want to be able to fix it without having to. How about when military. seven million people come in? Is that the point? I would like to be able to do it without using the military for a couple of reasons. First of all, we want to show strength with China and making sure we have a military presence in the Philippines. Uh, we want to make sure that we show strength in Europe and that we're able to maintain a military that has a global presence. And so the military has a lot of responsibilities. Secondly, the military. Uh, may I ask you to pause? Are those responsibilities more important than protecting our own borders? I'm going to finish my answer first. Uh, the second reason is the military is trained to kill people. Uh, and it is, they're not trained in traditional law enforcement responsibilities. So it's a different mission. We utilize the National Guard, but our, our regular military, I hope we don't have to use in the border that we can solve the problem without that. Now go ahead. Okay, but if you have, if I describe to you a nation in which seven million people had moved without permission, most of them military age males, and bringing with them they brought poison that killed over 100,000 citizens of the country into which they were moving every single year, you would say this is an invasion, this is not only a challenge to a sovereignty, this is proof that sovereignty doesn't exist, you don't control your country, it's not really your country, and you would say that's an emergency. In fact, you might even say that's worse than what's happening in Ukraine right now from an American perspective. And so what, if that doesn't meet the definition of an emergency with which you'd use the U.S. military to respond, then what does? What's happening in the Philippines? I mean, I'm not mocking you, but what is happening in the Philippines that's more important than that? Well, the Philippines is close to Taiwan, and so that sends a signal, of course, that fact that we have our bases there, that if we have the right personnel, uh, the right equipment there, then we send a signal to China, don't touch the freedom of Taiwan. And I think that's important. Whoa. Well. Whoa. Uh, let me. Uh, the Philippines let me is close the- to Taiwan, but the Mexican border is not close to Texas. I guess, huh? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> please, what a dumb uh, please play. Please play the uh, um, the the cut where I describe it as the Hindenburg. Right out of this, I said this. It bursts under flesh. Get it started. Get it started. It's right and it's rising. It's rising. Terrible. Oh my! Get out of the way, please. It's running, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast. And all the folks between us. This is terrible. This is the worst of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's it's Four or five hundred feet into the sky, and it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the flames rising to the ground, not quite to the morning mass of the humanity. Is it too soon? It's too soon. Too that soon. is too no, too it's soon. not. That's exactly what I said after he made that statement. Oh, the humanity! Uh, that happened with Mike Pence as well. Yeah. Yeah, Pence was uh, not good. Which cut do you have, Stu, or Pat, for the Mike Pence? Um, I don't have my sheet in front uh, of me, but uh, okay. do you have it? Do you have it, Stu? Mm, I think I do. Mm, here hang somewhere. on. Stu Our economy it. has degraded. Here it is. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. What? 
Chuck, Whoa. I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. Wow. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I yeah. think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. Uh-huh. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom. Sorry to try to, that was one interesting moment because that was kind of the most viral moment maybe of the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't, it's hard to tell what he was going for there when he said it was not my concern because he kind of says right after that, that he is is going to, yeah, I am going to work on the border. I am going to work on cities. I don't know what he was saying. Maybe it was like, I'm not concerned with what you're saying, or I'm not concerned that we can't do both at the same time. All I know is it was a really bad political sound. He also was booed. Yeah. He was booed on stage. That is something I have not heard, especially in Iowa. The Iowa people are, I mean, it's like you take, if if you take the people from Salt Lake City in Iowa and they have children, you get someone more polite than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they, I was really impressed with the crowd actually, like, because I don't know, I, my impression of these like political moments recently has been a lot of booing and jeering and cheering and like, yeah, they, weren't like they weren't like that at all. Which I mean, it's great. And even the moment you're talking about was, was a groan, uh, you know, maybe I, it certainly wasn't the boos that we've seen at other places political events they 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 were there to actually listen to these candidates and hear what they had to say and that's why uh that's why the hindenburg happened because they were actually listening to what was said it 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 wasn't amazing it wasn't a political celebration it was like a real event where they were like trying to understand the differences and it's why you need these things uh, moderated by people that aren't mainstream media candidates or or personalities Mm -hmm. They, they don't they don't ask questions that any of us care about Right. They don't get they don't delve into issues that any people who are actually considering voting for a Republican care about. And that was the difference between this event and so many others. And Pence talked about the Abrams tanks uh, and sort of Tucker talk about the tanks that that we've already sent over there. We're now it's being reported. We've already sent them F-16s that they're being trained on and that they're going to they're just getting to the point now where they can start to use them. And apparently in August or September, they start to roll out the F-16s that we've sent them. Uh, oh that's unbelievable. If that's yeah, true. Mike, Mike Lee, um, I'm trying to get him on today. Um, he, I, was, I checked my email this morning and he had emailed me several times like, ah, oh, we got oh, to talk about the war thing. I think maybe we need to invoke the War Powers Act. Uh, he is very concerned that we are just checking the boxes on our way to Third mm-hmm. World War. And I think he's right. I think he's right. It was it was shocking to me uh, how this group of what you would say are traditional Republicans uh, viewed the war in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. They were not happy about it, didn't want anything to go on Um, and how they looked at, like, for instance, uh, Nikki Haley 
I don't think she did well. Mike Pence didn't do well. Asa did as well as, you know, at least I expected. Um, the, the one that got a stand, I think there were two standing ovations, uh, and they came at the end. One was uh, Ron DeSantis, and the other one was Vivek Ramaswamy, who I think is surprising everyone who watches him. He was really good. I love him. I think he's. I, I haven't heard a single viewpoint of his that I disagree with yet. Um, I, he's well spoken. He's really smart. He's smooth as silk. He's everything you wanted Ted Cruz to be uh, in 2016, but wasn't. Yes. Yes. So um, I. Yeah, and did you hear that Trump apparently mentioned him as a potential VP candidate? This is after Glenn predicted on the air the other day that that's what the was going to happen, and then Trump actually mentioned him as a candidate. He's performed really well. I mean, he has yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah. So I mean, and I, Trump hates uh, Ron DeSantis, so you know that's yes. out. And the other ones are losers. So who would it be? It'd be Vivek. Uh, I think it could be it could be Rick Scott or Tim Scott. Tim Scott, no, could Tim be. Scott as well. He yeah, maybe. Scott, yeah. Scott as well. Tim Scott. Yeah. yeah. All right. More in a minute. Thank you, Pat. Yep. Pat Gray Unleashed. You can hear it wherever you get your Blaze and your podcasts. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor uh, this half hour. It is uh, LifeLock. If you ever run across a deal that just looks too good to be true, mm, you know. Most times it is too good to be true. Scammers get the better and better and they're smoothing out all of the details and making things seem exactly like the truth. Your security from people who want to rob you is really important and it's more important online uh, where we do everything online. You don't want to wait till somebody steals your personal identification and identity to start protecting yourself from it. Most likely, it's already out on the dark web. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affects our lives. It's equally important to realize that there are measures that can help keep it from happening. Help keep it from. Nobody can watch everything. Nobody can stop everything because it's constantly changing. This is where having LifeLock by Norton installed can save you so much money and hassle. LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's LifeLock.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So when is the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Never? Has it been never? <laughs> I don't think I ever have done it. Honestly, I, I'm never going to do it either, to be honest with you. That's never going to be part of my life. This is why I have Home Title Lock, because they do it for me. They're constantly checking my home's title to make sure uh, that no one uh, commits home title fraud against me. Now, home title fraud is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Uh, you know, we have incidents where people everywhere from like really annoying paperwork and unwinding a, a very complicated legal issue all the way up to someone getting their ha home bulldozed because someone had committed home title fraud, sold the home. The new buyer wasn't part of the crime. They thought they were just buying the home legally. And they went through the whole process and started bulldozing the home because they wanted to build on the property. Well, the old homeowner was just out. Uh, these things are, are terrible and, and you're never... You're never going to want to have to go through something like this. Home Title Lock helps you protect it yourself so you don't have to go through these moments. The instant they detect activity or tampering against your home's title, they can shut it down. So you need to verify that you first aren't already a victim to this. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code BACKHOMETITLELOCK.COM. 
The promo code is back. You get 30 risk-free days of protection when you sign up. And uh, you can protect yourself going forward as well. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is back. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is back. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're just talking about uh, the, the, the path to war here seems to be getting louder and louder and louder. Um, and any of the Republicans that said, well, I think we need to strengthen Ukraine at the summit last uh, weekend. And please watch it at Blaze TV. Um, anybody who said that they were for more war uh, didn't do well, didn't do well. And then Donald Trump comes out today and says, I'm going to give them more arms than anybody else if Putin doesn't come to the table. Now, some people would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, play devil's advocate here, that sure. uh, you're even more war. So why, are he, why is he up 30 points? Yeah, I mean, he said he would give more than Ukraine has ever received. He said he would give more arms to Ukraine than anyone has ever received. And uh, mm-hmm. he called Zelensky very honorable. Uh, you know, this this is the type of stuff that in that in that forum you'd think would have been booed, but then Trump comes out and does it in a separate interview. Not this with weekend. Trump, though, right? I, well, so I what's the difference? What, I, what magical power does he have? It is the difference between Mike Pence is weak. He's not seen as a wartime president. Um, none of them are wartime uh, candidates. Do, uh, I don't think. Trump is seen as a wartime president. Biden is definitely not. So when you have a wartime president that stands up and says, uh, I'm going to give him more. You're going to come to the table or I'm going to give him more than you can possibly even imagine. I'm going to turn the war machine on and I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem using everything we have. That's the kind of talk you give to a dictator And you better not be bluffing because you may have to do it. But that is the kind of talk of a dictator that gets a dictator usually back to the table if they believe you. And I think that the um, powers around the world, this is why they fought to get him out of there. The powers around the world believe he loves America, loves America first, and is going to defend her. And all this bullcrap that's happening at the Pentagon now is over day one. And so you would want to, it's, it's Ronald Reagan talking really tough to the Ayatollah. You know, when I get in, uh, we're going to end this. Uh, you're going to send those, those people back. Uh, all, of that, all of that ended with Reagan coming in. Uh, so I, I think it's different in a way for, Ronald, uh, for uh, Donald Trump to say that than anybody else. I think it holds credibility of negotiation where is anybody on the other side afraid of Joe Biden and his Pentagon? I wouldn't be. I'd be like, bring it on, man. You're killing yourself. <laughs>